What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the sixth episode of the Hardwood Amino Podcast. Today we got a special guest, but before I get into that, um, Slen, how's it going, buddy? Uh, second podcast of the week. Yep, second podcast. Nothing has changed. It's your boy, Slente, the Waffle Knight here, a.k.a. your favorite midnight snack, a.k.a. the Sour Cream and Onion King, here coming at you live from the podcast. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> And then we got a special one for you guys today, uh, former Hardwood leader, uh, Moose, as he likes to go by, uh, big-time Harden fan, big-time Kobe fan, GBH in the building. What's going on, man? Yo, RP Kobe, RP Pop Smoke. What's up? Nothing much, man. Uh, thank you for coming on the pod. We appreciate you, man. Uh, but, uh, yeah, uh, to start off the pod, uh, first question we always ask people, and uh, – I have a sneaking suspicion of on where you're gonna go with this because <laughs> Mello Mello gave us the answer uh, uh, last time. But uh, who is your favorite, uh, or I guess who is the coolest uh, member that you've met on Hardwood that's no longer active? Oh come on! Yeah, I never. Uh, you can put me on the spot <laughs> like that. Well, let's see. I remember I would probably get asked every day, "Who's your favorite member?" And that's that's a question I'm smart enough not to answer. But I will say. There's a lot of friends I still have um, that I'll talk to on Instagram. Mello being one of them. Jumpman. Heem FaceTimes me all the time. Um, <laughs> yeah. Snake, of course, you. There's Yo. a few. Um, so I would say probably a lot of the guys that I still talk to, I would say, are my not my favorite members, but some of my best friends to this day. Hey, that's, that's a good enough answer. I mean – Sometimes there's there's more than one, uh, and you can't put your finger on just one. But hey, um, that's that's good enough. But um, yeah, uh, we'll get in some hobble talk. Uh, oh so, yes, oh yes, we will. <laughs> and so, and so um, who was? Uh, and we'll start off with. Um, and what what season did you join the snipers again? Because I. I'm not, so I was I'm a little not... late. I joined, uh, I signed up while season three was ongoing. So season four was my first season. So season four, yeah. Okay. I figured. So I was a little late to the party and <sighs> I missed the, the season three squad, unfortunately. But, you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, you still had one of the better squads in season five. Yeah, season dude. five. Like, I'm literally. <laughs> season five might have been the most dominant team in terms of, I'm pretty sure we won. I'm saying this from a humble place, but objectively, I think we might have won every single major award from, like, rookie, sophomore game, MVP, all the way to MVP. God. That was an unbelievable season, for sure. Yeah. Dude, I get PTSD every time I talk to snipers. I can't imagine how Rory feels. Are you, yeah, whatever. Oh, no, you, you don't want to imagine how I feel. I've been getting screwed by them since season two, fam. It's been an ongoing thing. Oh, man, even after the redraft, uh, too. Never forget it. Even after the redraft, I still got screwed by them, fam. I wasn't even playing, and I still oh, got screwed. Man. Let me let me ask you something, though. Um, So you say season five was the most dominant, but what, what was the prime snipers, in your opinion? Was it season five, or was it any of the others? Hmm, that's a good question. And honestly, season four was a pretty ridiculous squad, actually. There was a little more uh, competition, I would say, especially with the Bullets always trying to, like, point fingers and get a suspended or this and that. They were 
they were good at that. But I would say, oh, I would say season four probably was the most talented group mm-hmm. from top to bottom. But we're splitting hairs, I think. Yeah, and then uh, talk about because obviously you have uh, yourself, and then you have. Um, a guy by the name of Mello Ferg, which we just uh, interviewed in last podcast, but um, he talked a lot about you. It's, and talk about that relationship uh, between you guys, because I know you have a very strong relationship. Uh, how's that relationship uh, when you guys were in Hobble and then uh, to now, how has that been Yeah, actually, um, going? it's super cool because, I mean, you would think there would be limits to the type of depth a relationship could have over, you know, an app and over a, a league like that. But there, is, there really is no facade. There really is a genuine relationship as far as we still talk to this day. And I swear, I, I think he's, well, no, he's always been a more talented writer than me. But I, I do feel like a lot of times to this day and even in the past, I was talking to like, I was talking to myself in a mirror. We had a lot of the same, I guess, we had a similar competitive spirit. We obviously had a similar knack. And I think that's why we kind of hit it off so well and we got along so well was because it was like the same version of, of each other, I guess. Yeah. No, I, yeah. And you could see that with just the amount of, um, you know, the products that you guys produced. I mean, you guys, you could tell you guys push yourselves to the limits and, um, you know, had that uh, ultimate success, obviously, Mm. uh, time and time again. But um, what, what was, what would you say before I hand the mic over to Slen? Um, what would you say is, is one of the things you learned the most or, or that you learned uh, from Mello? Well, you know, it's funny, actually, because I would say that as good of a writer as he was, because obviously he was and still is, the greatest lessons I learned were by the examples he set, not in HOBL, Hobble, or whatever you will, but as a leader in the community and how he handled things in that regard. I think there's okay. no way I would have, A, become a staff member, or B, um, I guess become a, a respected staff member if it wasn't for the example he set as a leader himself. So I would say the greatest lessons he taught me, he might not even realize, he might not even know it, but that's definitely where I would point to was as a staff member. Yeah, that's 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 well put, yeah. Yeah, uh, I got another question to ask about Hubble, though. Uh, being on the receiving end of the Snipers uh, onslaught for, like, almost five seasons, like, what was what was the game plan, kind of, like, during that time? Because Mellifurk, he is, he still is a competitor, oh. even out of Hubble. He is still right. a competitor. So is Heem, so is Natty, every one of them. How How is it just being in a chat room with those type of guys? What? <laughs> We were drawing up. It's actually, like, teams like it's the actually quite funny because, again, look, you would you would imagine that there would be a very surface level. You wouldn't think it it could be as serious as it as it is and as it was, but it truly was so serious. And when I say that, there were so many egos in that chat. I I can't even begin to explain to you how serious I am about that. When we would want to talk about egos. I mean, you look at Heem, oh, my gosh. And I tell him that to this day. You look at uh, uh, Fod, oh, my gosh, just these egos. And if one thing for sure is for sure, there was never, ever any ounce of doubt that we were going to win any game. No one was ever worried. Even if we were going up against the Bullets or 
the season five Hurricanes, whoever it was, the Eagles were so peppered that no one was ever worried, ever. In fact, what we got most worried about, and this is selfish, but it's just the fact of it, was individual mm-hmm. rewards. Oh, am I going to make the All-Star game? Yo, MVP or MVB, that's what it was. It wasn't even about winning games because we were never worried. And again, I know that sounds cocky, but that was just the reality of it. <laughs> Man. Jesus, man. That sounds like, it sounds like fun, but hell at the same time. Just mixed right together. You know, one of those you kick around and make ice cream in? Yeah, it sounds like that. Man. Comes out Good times. Oh, man. No, but you got, you got a lot of, um, and I want to switch over uh, to mainly your craft and uh, the blogs that you made. Uh, what was uh, you got Philly made me mm. um, a lot of, and if you look down the line, you have a lot of personal uh, blogs that you, you know, you shared with hardwood. What was your favorite one um, out of all of those to make? Um, and if maybe if you have a, a story behind one or mm. whatever that may be. That's a good question because one, I'm glad it's recognized. That that's what kind of my, my style became was personal, you know, anecdotes or whatever you will so here's a funny story actually this is one this is one i don't know a lot of people know so my story which ended up having success i kind of really didn't imagine actually i was not gonna post that because i remember going to a starbucks to write it and i had forgotten to connect to the wi-fi (laughs) yeah there was levels to this i so I went to Starbucks, and remember, I took writing seriously, not only because of HOBL, because well, I would have anyway, but I'm also a journalism major, so yeah, you know, I took it very yeah. seriously. But you know, I just went there, and I was writing, and I had actually forgotten to connect to the Wi-Fi. So here I am. I wrote uh, 2,500 words, and I go home, and it didn't save. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to write this blog. This probably this is some trash anyway i'm not rewriting this i forget who it was that convinced me to rewrite it and then you know finish it and post it but i did and thank the lord because it had you know resounding success and i think i think got voted as the number six blog in either hardwood or hbl history so i'm really glad i followed through with that for sure yeah do you got you know, you know what? You know what pisses me off when you have uh, when you're whenever you're in Google Drive, and it's it says that it's offline. Oof. If you guys ever have that, Oof. oh, oh, I don't even want to talk right. about it. I don't right. want to talk about it, dude. <laughs> like, now I want I want you to picture this, okay? I've I've been using Google Drive for a while, uh, so recently I had one of my uh, drafts deleted. Uh, four thousand mm. words. Now get this. I wasn't. I wasn't too mad about it. I was like, "Oh, okay. I'll just make a new one." Now, if it was me in season two, <laughs> you would have heard a punch through my wall and another hole beside the one that's already beside the hole that's covered by the Ultimate Warrior poster <laughs> on my wall. <laughs> Like, oh man! I, I'll I'll show you the picture after this. Actually, I'll show oh, you. There, it's still there to this day. It never got fixed. Oh man! I'm gonna need to see that. Oh my god! I'm gonna need to see that. Uh, uh, oh, dude, it's uh, probably an experience we're all, <laughs> that all happened, too familiar dude. with. If we've done any writing for any period of time, unfortunately. God, if any of your drafts get deleted, you just close the laptop right. and say, "You know what." 
You say, you know I'm what, out. at least I wasn't boneheaded <laughs> enough to, to write sleep. it in the Hardwood app, as most of us probably used to do. <laughs> oh, dude, no, that was my main, that was my main method. <laughs> you know it, and you never, know it. Get this, no, get this, it never deleted my drafts. Wow, and, like, really? It only did it one really? time, one time, and that's it. And I wasn't really working on anything, it was like a small right. little, like, you know, <laughs> like, draft. <laughs> I was like, oh, sweet. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, man. Um, so let's talk about, um, and obviously uh, we could uh, continue to talk about the amount of hard, um, or uh, hobble success that you've had. Um, and it's obviously uh, not, it, it hasn't gone, gone unnoticed um, for sure. But um, talk about, let's talk about how you, uh, how you got uh, a staff member position. Take me through that whole entire process um, of you getting, mm. you know, message and, and how that whole thing went down. Okay. That's another good question because my uh, election or whatever you will to the staff was a little different actually, because there was a time where they were going to begin the SDC amino I never really watched NBA YouTubers, so that was that was kind of beyond me. But I do know he's some type of YouTuber, um, and I was in communication with Jacob, and I think uh, so. Baller was also involved in that process, um, right? And we started that, and I was going to be a staff member there, and it actually never took off, which was a bummer at the time because you know I was entrusted to be staff there and you know help out, even in spite of the fact that my ultimate you know desire was to be staff on hardwood, right? Not not SDC, you know, um, and that fell through and I get a, um, I remember I was in my, my journalism class and I get a message from Jacob saying, you know, unfortunately this fell through. Uh, would you like to be a staff member on hardwood? I'm like, what? I'm like, uh, yeah. Okay. So just like that, I was, you know, here I was expecting to be some staff member on some probably would have been some Chauncey Amino would have had like no, nobody on it. And he asked me to be on a hardwood. I'm like, uh, yeah. And I remember my, I got up out of my seat and went to the bathroom and like did some fist pumps in the stall or something. Probably like I was so ecstatic. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so cheese. I was like, man, I, you know, that was, that along with winning like rookie of the year was probably as excited as I ever was on hardwood. That was like, I was so pumped in real life. You know what I mean? Because there's like hardwood life. And then there's when those emotions carry to real life. Right. You know, it, it's obviously it's, it's usually two distinct worlds, but I was so happy. I was like doing backflips, man. That was amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I mean, just imagine it, too. Some random dude probably walked in on you, too. Just, yes! Oh, yes! Yes! Oh, it's some yes! uh, ritual, some, some app. You wouldn't understand. You wouldn't understand. You got a high five. Oh, yeah. man. You're coming, the, you're coming in the bathroom. GBH is coming back out. And the high five's on the way. Um, <laughs> you know, it just gives him a high five, and the dude's just like, okay. okay. All right. Uh, yeah, man, oh good times, God. though. Good times, though. Oh man, hardwood is truly life. and truly. speaking of that, speaking of that, we'll kind of carry over to your real life uh, with your story, uh, with your my story blog. Uh, you are fifty percent deaf in your left ear. Well, not fifty percent, but yeah, fully deaf, but fifty percent general. I kind of want to, yeah. I kind of want to know, like, 
was that genetic? Was that a born thing, or was it you know something happened you guys, and you guys, all that uh, kind of? You guys are testing me right now. This is I feel like I'm on Nardwar. Um, I didn't remember I said that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's a funny story because, and it's as simple as it's about to sound. I was in seventh grade. I'm I'm 21 now, so I was like what, uh, 12 or 13. Um, and I kid you not, I fell victim to sudden hearing loss syndrome, which is actually a real thing. And what it is is it's it's exactly as it's named. You suddenly lose your hearing for basically no good reason. So you can imagine the 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 bad taste in my mouth, losing my hearing for no reason. Um, and that's literally that. Um, mm. It's like ninety percent deaf. So I mean, it's it's you know it's pretty deaf, right? There's no like oh at least it's ten percent. So yeah, that's where that Jesus. comes from. And I could I could talk for like hours about that and how how weird that is, but that's that's where that comes from actually. Yeah, I did not know that. That's probably the worst thing. Like yeah. I'm not even kidding. The worst thing would, that ever happened. I would like just, to know the odds. You're in the middle of like. Uh, I would definitely like to know the odds too. If I'm watching anime or something, I suddenly lose <laughs> hearing my left ear. I'm gonna be one mad dude because I won't be able to listen to music like all the way. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, it's um, you know, it's different, <laughs> right? You don't hear that every day, and I would definitely like to know yeah. the odds on it. But that's that. Yeah. Nah, yeah, that, that's crazy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Sure, but uh. <laughs> Yeah, and then and then uh, well, I wanted to bring up as well. Uh, you have, uh, and I think, I mean, if you want to bring it up to the the balance secured, you have your own uh, fitness line mm-hmm. going on. Yeah, so and, bounce. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, bounce. Just talk about that. Bounce means a lot to me. So bounce is so it's, it's a so it's a streetwear brand, and it started off as, and our primary focus still is uh, reselling sneakers and streetwear. You know, the Supremes, the Kits, the Yeezys of the world. That's the main premise. We started our own clothing line as well, which has seen surprising success, actually. And that has become my, I didn't see it coming, but that's become my, my primary focus and my primary passion. Because, um, you know, I thought it was going to be fan-sided after I left uh, Hardwood, but soon I found a passion for that, and that kind of took off. Yeah. Yeah, fashion's interesting to me, because, like, you have, like, all these celebrities and all that, like, delving into it not saying it's like you know like comparison it kind of i mean i guess you can say it is hardwood famous yada 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 but uh it's definitely interesting like what people come with in terms of fashion no nowadays. Kidding. And it's uh it's yeah. uh you know who are we to tell someone that something is in fashion i guess but there's some interesting concepts Facts. uh you know that's maybe not something i would uh rock with and i and this sounds bad but i will say there's shoes we buy where I say, I would never wear these, but someone else will, and thus there's value. The value is in the eyes of the beholder. So, you know, it's purely dependent, I guess. Yeah, and and on the topic of fashion, um, and I guess we can use this to carry on to the NBA segment, Uh, who is your favorite, uh, I guess, whose wardrobe, whose fashion is is your favorite to see in the NBA? I know know you got some players that you like – Mm. That you see walking out of the tunnel and in fashion, fashionable uh, clothing. But who's your favorite to see? Harden. I can, I can very sure. easily answer that. Yes. Now, the easy answer would be Harden, but you know that would be too obvious. So I will mm-hmm. say PJ Tucker. Actually, um, one, the shoe game speaks for itself, and two, I'm not okay. with 
the overly eccentric fits, you know, the Russell Westbrook's or even some of the other ones. But I just feel like P.J. Tucker, man, and it's kind of the old, the old, you know, you can't even see my true fashion because I can't afford my true fashion, right? Like, if I could afford it, I feel like I would dress like that. Um, and that's without even mentioning the cars he drives. Um, I would say P.J. Tucker, if not Harden. Jesus. P.J. Tucker does have some nice shoes. I've seen them. Oh, them. yeah. Oh, my gosh. I'm not sure. I mean, I'm not a shoehead or a sneakerhead, um, whatever you call them. But, um, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what, what the shoes are, are called. But, I mean, I've seen them, and they're some They neat. speak for themselves, for sure. Yeah, and it's cool neat. because – some it's some shoes like no money in the world could buy. It's like Ferrari. It's like a loyalty thing. If you've been with the brand and if you're you're well known, then they'll give you the opportunity to buy them, which just adds to the hype and how cool it is. Yeah, and I think that's I think another uh, thing to add too is that like they're redefining what um and I, I there's no problem with it. Just you know, just like you said, you can wear whatever you want. Um, but they're really redefining. I mean, they're coming with you know a bunch of different stuff if you you know see guys through the tunnel um just wearing like so many you know just just expressing themselves and i think that's yep. like it's what it's about so right it's yeah you have likes and galloway out here wearing <laughs> shoes like I mean, it's at that crazy. point that we 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 appreciate not what they're wearing because sometimes it's hard to but the fact that they you know they're uh expanding horizons i guess <laughs> did, did you guys see darius yeah. basely what he pulled up in Mm-mm. Oh no! Actually, I didn't. He pulled up in this uh, in this crop top. Oh, that's that ain't it. <laughs> that ain't it. That's a <laughs> that you know a wise a wise mellow bird once said. There's opinions, and then they're saying poop tastes better than chocolate. <laughs> and you know what? It's the truth. It Yo. is so true. If that's not the truest thing you ever said, I mean wise words. That is no for real though. It's basically just like <laughs> that. That is it. <laughs> just like for example, uh, I guess you could say that. Uh, what, what was his name? Oh, I can't think of it. It was like uh, actually no, I can't think of it. Never mind. Talking I'm, about a player. I dropped the entire thing. Uh... Yeah, I swear, I swear, I thought I saw someone come up with like a Louis Vuitton belt that was like oversized. Uh... I was like, okay, hold on. Pushing horizons, and then there's that. I'm not even sure who I'm talking about, man. That was not it. My right. man, you got You see it. You see more and more of it is the thing. Yeah. Oh, brother. Well, yeah, I mean, good. you got – yeah, you got fashion, uh, which is one particular uh, area which, you know, you've obviously, um, you know, invested in. But then, you know, you also have, um, you know, your bas- your passion for basketball. And obviously, you know, the reason – you know, you were on hardwood, and and obviously, like a, along with a bunch of other other members on there that um that talk mm-hmm. about basketball and whatnot. Uh, but I'm gonna get the facts right. Um, you were a Lakers fan since 2008, oh, and a yeah. Rockets fan since 2014. Correct, my it. man. I got it right. All right, so <laughs> I had to check. I had to check one of your wikis for that just to just to get it down. But um, <laughs> <laughs> see, I did my research. But um, anyway, uh, talk about how um. You know, you you fell in love with both those teams, and obviously your favorite players, uh, James Harden and Kobe Bryant, are, are mm-hmm. a part of those teams. But uh, talk me through that. So, first of all, I mean, you guys are pretty amazing. This is this is impressive. But um, appreciate that. So yeah, I I feel like a lot of times, especially my friends, they'll grief 
grief me for saying I like two teams. At the end of the day, the Lakers are my favorite team, and if if they're play, whoever they're playing, I'm rooting for them. I just enjoy the Rockets. I enjoy their style, and obviously Harden is, you know, my favorite player. As far as the Lakers is concerned, I just remember oh, yeah, yeah. I fell in love with Kobe, and I pray that I don't start to cry right now because I just might. <laughs> but I just remember I fell in love with Kobe, and hey, and from there. As I fell in love with basketball, there was no other there was no other team for me to watch. It it was so I was so drawn to Kobe and the Lakers were so good at the time. Obviously we were in the midst of I think it was the first of three trips to the finals. And I was like, man, this is what being a, a fan is like. Every year we we just win. <laughs> like, okay, this is great. Um of course, <laughs> of course there was a rude awakening, the uh, you know, nine and ten year old version of myself. The nine and ten year old version of myself didn't quite realize, you know, what was to come. But in any case, I fell in love with the Lakers, living in Delaware of all places, and and that love is has never waned. Um, as far as the Rockets is concerned, Delaware. Um, I remember when I was a sophomore in high school, I was I was looking for a player to to look to to help expand my game, and I was thinking, okay, LeBron, well, six eight and athletic. Probably not the most relatable. <laughs> I was thinking KD, more or less the same, 6'11". That's not much of a – I don't think anything can compare to that. And I looked at Harden, and I'm like, you know what? He's pretty unathletic. He has a couple moves at his disposal, and he just does them really well. And from there, I went was hell-bent on studying his game, watching him. That soon developed, and next thing I knew, I was, I was never missing a Rockets game, and I was catching every highlight. And next thing you know, D'Antoni comes. Obviously, I love his style of coaching. And from there, just snowballs, and I really enjoy them to this day. Oh, yeah. Speaking of D'Antoni, though, the Rockets are in an interesting situation right now. Like, I know this, the season's been on hold. It's probably going to get canceled. But we're going to definitely see this in the future, at least maybe another season, because there's mm. the the very mm. small ball lineup of D'Antoni where he just said, fuck it, I'm going in. <laughs> just all of a sudden, you see P.J. Tucker at center. You have, you know, this whole entire lineup dedicated to probably the smallest mm. ball we've ever seen. Right. 50s, just about. I want to kind of get your opinion on it. See, uh, do you think it can be successful? And if it is successful, do you see other teams mm. running such a system where they're running like a 6'5 guy at center? Just so... kind of, you know... I do think it can be successful, um, but there's limits to that. For example, in the past, especially 2017-2018 season, when I remember the Rockets ran P.J. at center to much success, um, I was like, man, this is the best lineup ever. But I, I wonder with being so ignorant and being so dedicated to this, like, for example, I mean, they got Tyson Chandler on their bench. They don't play him a single second. Like, is it is it so bad to play a center for even just stretches of minutes? I, I wonder – I understand embracing the system, but I wonder at what point there's like a an in-between or, hey, let's play a center for a couple minutes. Um, and as far as the success it can have, I do – I know for sure it can have success, but will it? I, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know because we've never seen anything like this in the modern era. This is – this is unheard of. I mean, this is ridiculous. So, I I don't know. I really don't know. Yeah. Tony's literally, like, pulling out the plumber right. playbook right now. I'll give Just... it a if, if nothing <laughs> else, they're crazy, going for it and they're man. embracing it to the fullest extent. <laughs> they know what they want. So, 
Exactly. And we're going to see it for next sure. season for sure because D'Antoni is a madman. Truly. And, and the they, they went all in, too. I can't wait for it. You know, everyone thought, you know, Jordan Bell went there, then he got shipped to Memphis. I mean, they, they went all yeah. in. They were they... like, we thought Bell was going to be in. That was. And then he's off to Memphis. So, like, I mean, yeah. we were like, okay, so D'Antoni's all in on small balls. So, and, and they, yeah. they really made, they drew, yeah. really didn't make too much effort to try and upgrade at the center position. Sure, they have Tyson, but, you know, no. they don't play him. But no, they, they they knew what they wanted, I guess, and they still do. Well, so, I mean, it's we'll going to be a test versus uh, you know a bigger team like the Lakers, and uh, I mean, obviously the Sixers mm. aren't doing too well this year, um, but they're another big team that you know. Right, yeah, right. Uh, it'll be interesting for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I want to talk about. I don't want to get too into Kobe because um, I know it's it's kind of a touchy subject, mm. um, especially for you since you're a you know big Certainly. time fan, uh, but. Uh, I did see a picture of, of you and Kobe. Um, and so uh, what was that mm-hmm. like meeting him? So there's a great story behind that, actually. Well, of course, it's great to me because yeah, well, sure. I met him. But the, there's a there's – a, uh, it's unique. So I remember going to his camp because, of course, I was, um, you know, going to his old high school. So I got to go to his camp with the, the team and everything and, and meet him one-on-one. But it's funny because of the two times I met him one-on-one – the the feeling of even just seeing him for the first time was was unmatched. I remember, you know, all the campers were in the gym sitting in the bleachers, and I remember just seeing him walk in. And imagine yourself in the bleachers in the top corner, and he walks in floor level on the other side. And yet, being in his presence, and this is going to sound kind of kooky, but if you've ever met an NBA player, you know, being in his presence, I got the chills and you can imagine my, my childhood idol. And my idol, idol then and to this day, being in the same room as me. And I just, I got these goosebumps. And I, I swear I teared up. I swear I did. It was unreal. And I, I've never felt anything like it since. And I remember getting to sit next to him for our team picture. And that was great because we were lined up, ready to take the photo. And, you know, the, the group or the team ahead of us is lined up taking, taking the picture. I kid you not, we're lined up, shorts the tallest, and I count, and I'm trying to figure out where I could stand in the line that would get me seated next to Kobe. I tapped this kid in front of me, and I said, mm, I said, you're a little taller than me, which he was not. We, I, I grab him, we switch places, we go sit down, and I got to sit next to Kobe by virtue of counting heads and, like, shifting this guy in line. It was so fortunate. Um, then, of course, I got to meet him again later with, the, with, the, uh, with Lower Marion in a one-on-one setting. So I would have gotten my time with him anyway, but it was really cool. Actually, no, that's, that's really dope, actually. Um, and then, um, you know, out of and and I also wanted to ask you too, out of all the Kobe moments, what would you say was your favorite? On um, there's obvious ones like, um, like my favorite was uh, the Kobe sixty first final game. I mean, you can't beat that really um, mm. to go out like that. And no, like, you're absolutely you know, right. You think about all the superstars to go out. I mean that has to be up mm. there, if not probably the top um, game to retire at. But what's your favorite memory? So, I mean, there's definitely a lot, of course. And I would try not to be predictable, but, I, I mean, I got to say yeah. the 60 as well. It, it, a part of me would, would want not to say it because I was mm-hmm. crying the whole time. But at the end of the day, that was so remarkable. And you can say this or you can say that about the performance – the shot attempts or, or whatever the minutes you can say whatever you want, but honestly and truthfully, I don't care. That was so remarkable. 
And if you have any reservations, if you have any, oh, but, or uh, about that, then I don't want to hear it. That was one of the most remarkable things I've ever seen. And I can think of no truer and better way for Kobe to have gone out. So that was definitely my favorite Kobe. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Yeah. I, well, I mean, that, that's it. Oh, yeah, that's it for me. That's, that's uh, it for me. But I, I have a different opinion. I have a different opinion. Uh, it's not the 60-point game. It's second, actually. Uh, the first was what got me shooting mm. fadeaway contested <laughs> like, mid-ranges. That is, when he, <laughs> when he gets the mm. Phoenix Suns, I believe, the uh, 2006 semis, I believe? Um, was it the semis? It was the Western semis, I believe. Yeah, the Western semis. And kid mm. you not, this man just puts the mm. whole team on his back, just – shooting some of the most ridiculous shots you've probably ever seen. Ridiculous. Uh, and then the move that I try to re- replicate so often in my uh, high school gym, just two guys on me, just the yes. most awkward fadeaway ever. I can never hit it. But, of course, Kobe, the man he is, just out here hitting that mm. as if it was like a normal mm. shot. And I'm just like, I, I wish I even knowing that. who he was, you truly said, yeah. "You said what are you?" And then he made it. You said, "I." Right. You said, "I." Right. That's cool. Yeah. But you were you were wondering yeah, what man, he was doing. Cool, yeah. <laughs> man, exactly. Uh, so yeah, I mean that's it for me, man. Uh, but son, if you got any questions, man, go ahead and fire away. Uh. Uh, I've been really holding back on saying this because it's like you said, it's touchy. But I kind of want to say what you will. I mean, mm. his death. Yeah, his death was definitely one of the biggest impacts in the NBA, probably the most For shocking sure. moment ever. And being a Kobe fan and having that influence from him, what was it like, like in those moments? Because uh, I can tell you right now, I've never wow. cried so hard. Like everyone in Hardwood, I was. We were in a whole entire voice chat. Yeah, we were just saying, this isn't time, real. Man. This like, isn't really, right, you know, happening. Like, yeah, yeah. That was probably the craziest thing I've ever witnessed. Uh, yeah, what was so, it like? Just, just think about it now. Kinda, like, just think about it now. Mo- actually, I'm getting goosebumps. Yeah. But, um, well, you know, I guess Kobe fan or not, which obviously I'm extreme, um, I would say everyone's feeling then and even now is the same, and it's no way. You don't believe it. You just don't believe it because not only is it so shocking and so unreal, but it's it's the immortal man himself shown being immortal for, you know, in a fatal sense. It's it's just it is unbelievable to the point that, again, to this day, it does it doesn't feel like it happened, and. It's it's such a dark. It's it's so sad that every, not a day goes by where it doesn't it doesn't weigh on my conscience and I don't think about it. And on my vision board, I look at it every morning and I cannot help but shift my gaze to Kobe every time. And I just stare at him. There's all these other figures on there, quotes, this and that, and my my gaze just shifts to Kobe and and I just you know just like anyone else, I break down sometimes and I, I you know it's sad, but what yeah. can you do? Unfortunately. Yeah, like I, I I say this and I keep on saying this. Life is unfair, and we can't really. Do Anyone that told it. you it was like, fair is sorely this mistaken. Man, fuck no! Like I have a personal mm. fucking vendetta against mm. people who say that, but uh, it's definitely not fair. And 
it really feels like, you know, a simulation cool. at times. Like, you know, what can I do to get a reaction out of said this? Or mm. what can I do to, you know, get people to feel mm. this type of way? It's just, you really don't think it's real at times. You just wish you could wake up and say, I want to start over. I really want to just, you know, I don't want to really, experience I don't like want that, but you know what? It's not even... Yeah, it's not even like just Kobe's death in jail, yeah. but it's just like you know regular life stuff. Like that was one of those moments to where you're just like, "Yo, I." It's not fair, and especially knowing the mm. amount of work he put in, not being able to get like he wasn't a he didn't really get no. the chance to be a father. And it's I sad because you know like, these news stations, these tweets, this and that, you know NBA star, and I understand it's not meant as a slight, but I hate that because it it. It wasn't – that's not why he was great. That was just his vehicle, right? That was just his means by which he displayed his greatness. What he was – what he, why he was so great was because he inspired everyone with his work ethic. It wasn't the fadeaways. It wasn't the game winners. That was great. It was the work ethic. It was the drive. It was influencing an entire generation, not even basketball players, man. It's people that, that have never played a sport in their life that feel that, and that's what that's about. That's what greatness is, and and it makes you – you know, it sucks and it's, and it's hard to find positives in these moments, but man, it makes you want to go harder and it makes you want to be great at whatever you do. And I, I don't even hoop anymore. I hoop once a week. But in business, as an entrepreneur, in, in, the, in the gym, it just makes you want to go harder, right? And everything I do, I'm thinking, as a father, right, too. And as a family man. Even though he never really got, like, yeah, like he never really got his time. And even, like, during like the short time he had, he was still mm. an influence to, like, everyone around the world as like both a figure and someone really? who just loved his family and really like cherished them. It's it's kind of shocking knowing that someone like that is gone right. from, you know, this right. harsh reality that really needs someone like no him kidding. right now. No kidding. Like with the coronavirus and everything, the coronavirus happening, everything, like if we had Kobe here, I guarantee you, he would have been sending positive messages. He would have been yeah. like, yo, we can't no be doing this, doubt. you know, all this. No doubt positive messages and not only that but being just like you know that great father figure as i said before during this entire thing just being the comfort that his family needs right now to be honest because they're probably like yeah i was a little terrified knowing that yeah whenever i speak on this i always go back to it it hurts i I don't even go back to basketball and like you guys said I, i go to life and i go to and I go to, you know, I, I pinpoint mama mentality. That's all, what it's all about. You got to, whatever, whatever you do in life, you know, that has to be. And, and you know, it hit, hit everyone when he died, but it also hit, hit everyone that, you know what, we got to put on for Kobe. We have to, um, you know, put in that mama mentality and, and instill that in, in, all of our, in all of our lives yep. today. And that's what I've been doing since, since then. And, you know. Whether it's whether it's gym uh, for me exactly. too, gym, uh, you know, uh, hardwood, whatever it may be, um, you know, just continuing to grind and and uh, you know uh, keep, uh, I guess, um, what's the word? Just keep keep on going with with what I'm doing, but but putting that work ethic to to be the best. And that's what you got to do. So that's what he that's what he that's mm-hmm. what he instilled in us. That's what. Kobe's true greatness, it wasn't uh, what it was, was his legacy and the fact that he's left a, an impression that'll be remembered forever. And that's, I mean, I dream of that now. It's, now more than ever, I want to be talked about for generations. 
because that's what true greatness is, is inspiring others. And that's what Kobe did. That's what he did in just 41 yeah. short years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, mobbing mentality isn't just like, you know, practicing in the workroom or practicing like on the court. Mobbing mentality is the willingness to do something, to like, Facts. you know, drive yourself to accomplish great things, Facts. which he did. And like, like I said, it's probably going to be a while before we can all get over it. Cause I know like some of my friends personally, they still can't get over it. Mm. They grew up on Kobe. They grew up on his battles with LeBron mm. in the regular season. And it's like I said, it's crazy. And not really trying to be rash about it, but it's, it's really fucking unfortunate that we really lost such a beautiful human being. And not even that, but someone who was supposed to go like pro mm-hmm. in the WNBA, uh, Gianna, like she was supposed to be the next big thing. And now we can't get that. And it's going to be a what if that I am always going to think of. Like, not many people realize how impactful that would have been. Facts. Not only for the WNBA in general, but Truly. for women around the world. Because she had the same ethic, she had the same mindset. And on the sidelines, I swear to God, Truly. you can see her. Just telling, like, she was learning the game with Kobe on the sidelines. And it, it fucking dark. hurts knowing that, you know, mm. th- those last moments mm. must have I, been fucking terrifying. Man. I can't I think, think of, I was going to say, I can't think about it, man. I can't. I fucking can't, dude. In, in this position where you're looking at your daughter like that, you're just fucking, like... Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I want to no, go but, off uh, this honestly, uh, <laughs> Obviously, uh, oh, Kobe thing, man, just like with this whole Corona thing and and everything that's gone on in the past couple months uh, has been detrimental for not only NBA but just people in general. Um, so you know, it's it's been it's been tough. But um, man, I th- I think that's a, a good way. Obviously, not the best way to go out, just on a more of a um, sad note, I guess. But um. Go ahead. Yeah. Actually, I, I will say right quick. What's what's it on a high note? Uh, quick question. Uh, you are a bodybuilder. You are interested in that, uh-huh. uh, that type of field. I kind of want to know, like, what has it been like, you know? Because in your wiki, of course, I had to do a little bit of research. I you saw said that you would too. drop, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, basketball blogging for uh, fitness blogging. And I kind of want to. I, w- I want to get a little bit of insight yeah, on that then. before we do go. Just kind of end so, a bit more. Regarding, to answer specifically that quote, that's not necessarily my passion for bodybuilding being greater than that of basketball. I wouldn't answer one or the other. That's just the mere fact of I blogged for so long basketball related. I'd be happy to do something new. And, and not only that, but bodybuilding. I mean, you know, how many people are really familiar with that? Not a lot of people. Basketball, th- well, there's some Neanderthals. <laughs> there's also lots of informed people, right? <laughs> Um, so when it comes to bodybuilding, I like to inform and, and teach people and speak on that because you know not as many people are familiar with it. So that's what that quote comes from. Bodybuilding in general, man, I love it because it's life after basketball for me. It's and I'm only going to get better and I'm only going to grow as I get older. Whereas basketball, you know, I reached my time at least as a player and then as a coach. Um, now I have like a new chapter, I guess, of, of physical yeah. activity, if you will. And, and there's a science behind bodybuilding too. I mean, you could you could probably back me up on that GBH, but yeah, um, yeah. No, well, uh, that's gonna do it. Um, I want to thank thank you, GBH, for coming on, man. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, and uh, keep going on with um, 
you know, whatever, uh, you know, life after hardwood, um, you know, keep on going with that. Uh, you know, hardwood's always got your back, man. So I uh, appreciate you coming on. Um, and yeah, it's going to do it for episode six. Uh, once again, appreciate uh, Slen coming back. Uh, and that's going to do it. Episode six. Yeah. All right. Before before we go, I'd just like to say thank you both for having me. It's it's really cool. We could have just hopped on here and, and shot the breeze and just talked and this and that. But the fact that you guys have some serious and really cool questions backed by some serious and really cool actual preparation coming into this is, is awesome. Um, going into this, there was a couple things I'd hope we'd talk about. And we talked about all of them. It was a lot of fun. And for that, I appreciate you guys. Hardwood, you know, whatever you want to, you know, whatever you want to say about people taking it too seriously. It's not that serious. It's just an app, you know, to hell with that. It meant a lot to me. It always will. And the fact that you guys are making steps to, to improve it and improve the experience for other people. All right. I appreciate thank you for that more than you know. So I thank you guys. All right, guys. It's going to do it. Uh, GBH, me, Slen. We're all guys. Peace. You.